uncertain. This past May during finals week, I was in my office, students were all doing their thing, and uh, this young man walked up, I didn't recognize him, and he said, I'm not Catholic, but I'm graduating this week, and I need to talk to somebody. I said, well, I think it's providential, I'm available, come on in, have a seat. He proceeded to tell me, I, I don't know what's coming next. Like, I'm worried about my future. I, have, I just have these concerns, and I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And so I, I did my, uh, my Father Matt thing, and I just asked him some questions, and some more questions, and just listened. And over the course of the next half hour, he, you could feel the, the anxiety lower as he just expressed it. And by the time he left, he said, you know, I guess it's understandable that I don't know what's going to happen. And it's going to be okay because God's gotten me this far and he's going to be with me the next step. Because the same God who knows me, he knows where I'm at, he knows where I'm going, and he will be there. And he wants to hear about my worries today. The, the thing about worry and anxiety, it's about a future that doesn't exist. But God wants to hear about the worries that I feel today. Our opening prayer had this interesting line that I thought was very fitting for the beginning of the school year. That amid the uncertainties of this world, our hearts may be fixed on that place where true gladness is found. There's unknowns, there's uncertainties with every new chapter. You know, what, what will my classes be like? Will I, will I meet that person I'm going to marry this year? For some of you, no, us. <laughs> it, is, is Flagstaff's winner, winners, is it really going to be that cold? Yeah. Or my roommate, you know, is, are they going to be like weird and like smell or something, you know? <laughs> Which I don't think we ever ask ourselves, like, am I that person? You know, like, <laughs> there's a lot of things we just don't know. But Jesus says in Matthew 6, 34, he says, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. He says, before that, he says, do not worry and say, what are we to eat? What are we to drink? What are we to wear? Your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given you besides. That God knows where we're at. God knows where we've been. And he knows where he wants to lead us in a, in a beautiful path. Towards that true gladness. Towards greater happiness. You and I, we, we wander around like, I just, do I do this? Do I do that? I don't know what to do. And, and Jesus invites us. He says, no, turn, turn to me. Let, let me lead you. Let, let's do this together. And so the invitation is to seek him, to strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. This, 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 is, this is something I know I've worried about at times. Will not be strong enough. Does that mean, yeah, like what if, what if, I don't, what if I'm not smart enough to have what it takes in college? What if, what if I think I'm decently socially normal, but what if I can't like make friends or, you know, or um, be well thought of? Or what if I'm not holy enough? Like, I want to go to heaven. Just, is Jesus saying that maybe I'm not going to be good enough? But what does he say to these people who think 
who, who you know, are not strong enough. He says, they say, we ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. Okay, let's think about it. We ate and drank in your company, which is very different than saying we ate and drank with you. There's, there's a distance. There's a, a watching. There's, there's a sitting on the sidelines. It's very different if they said, Jesus, we ate and drank with you. We broke bread with you. We, we know you. Because what does Jesus say later? I don't know you. I don't know where you are from. And they say, you taught in our streets, which is different than saying, it's like just kind of watching. Yeah, yeah, I know about that. Which is different than saying, Jesus, you've taught me. You've been with me. You've led me. I'm following you. Do, do you hear the little distinction there? There's kind of a, a distance. And I think we're being invited into that closeness. That's, that the God, he, he wants us to be close to him. You know, in one of our Newman Night speakers, he gave uh, last year, every, every Thursday night we have a Newman Night where we have a, a free dinner and a guest speaker. Last year we had over 100 people at all of them. And, um, and this one speaker said, he was talking about like worry and anxiety. And he said, he said, you know, when, when we walk down a dark alley, we can be anxious about nothing. There could be nothing there. I mean, maybe there's a potential. There's a, a slight percentage potential that something could happen. But he said, when we feel anxious and worried, he said, what can relieve our distress is if someone we know loves us holds our hand. That in the face of darkness and anxiety and worry, that if someone I know cares about me is right there with me, that somehow I know that it's, it's going to be okay. And that's Jesus who chooses to come to descend, to be with us, to be in our, our mess, our worry, our anxiety, so that no matter what comes at us, that there will be things that come at us. We're, we are going to have papers. We are going to have tests. You know, there might be some weird people. You know, like there's, there's things that are going to happen. And Jesus is like, I know, and I'm going to be with you. And so as we face those anxieties about what, what choice do I make? What, what way do I go? The invitation is to remember that, that the way is not a path or a choice. The way is a person. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That whenever we are... are are anxious about, I don't know what to do, which way. There's an invitation to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I, here's where I'm at today. And he says, tell me all about it. Because the gate, the narrow gate that Jesus mentions, it's, it's actually him. In John 10, 9, he says, I am the gate. Come to me. And a narrow gate means we're going to get close to each other. You know, it's going to be, we have to be close to each other to fit through this. But I'm going to bring you with me. That it's not something we work really hard, but we do with the Lord. We cooperate. We, we strive. What does this striving look like? I remember the first Sunday last year, it sticks out in my mind, there was a student who came up to me after Mass, and they said, Father, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm going to introduce myself to you every week until you remember my name. <laughs> and I said, thank you. <laughs> and I won't tell you how many weeks it took, but... But there's, there's a striving. There's, 
There's a movement on our own part, you know? And so here's, here's maybe an invitation for you. That if this new beginning, this new chapter, it doesn't matter how great or bad the summer was. For some of us, it wasn't the best summer. But this is a new beginning. And my invitation to you is what if, if the invitation is to come to Mass the next four Sundays, and then we'll figure out the rest of our lives. Does that make sense? It's a small step to just, I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to strive to walk with Him. I'm going to put first things first at the beginning of this new year, and then we'll, we'll figure out the rest. I mean, there's, there's lots of things we could do. There are more if we want it, like going to Newman Night and meeting other people or, or stopping by the chapel for five minutes. There's, there's a lot of things, but it takes, it takes that time, that investment, that putting ourselves out there, that the first time we invite a friend to eat, they, they may not go, you know? We might pursue a friendship and it doesn't really work out, but there's other people out there. We need not be discouraged, but, but, but persevere. And so I, here's another way to strive. I, I was thinking about this. There's a, there's a video game system that has this slogan that makes me a little squirmy. It, the slogan is, greatness awaits. And the reason I feel a little uncomfortable with that is because I've noticed what psychologists and sociologists have noticed is that that greatness and happiness is not necessarily found behind a screen, but out there. That instead, what we instead of finding greatness, what people often find is sadness. But Jesus doesn't make us for sadness. He makes us for He makes us for greatness. He He makes us for an adventure. And as we put ourselves out there, we might we might skin our knees. You know, we might. We might get banged up, that we might not always be well-received, but it's better. It makes me think of parents, of how when a parent is helping their toddler to walk, like at a certain point they have to, if they really love their child, they have to let go. And it doesn't mean they don't care, it actually means they love their child, that I can't hold your hands forever, but I'm going to let you go. And you might fall, and you might skin your knees. But you know what? Maybe that's exactly what's needed for us to strengthen our legs and to know that we have what it takes. And so as we start this new year, I, I and the Lord, like I don't expect us to be perfect. God knows we're not perfect. Until we're with him, we're not perfect. But can we persevere? Can we strive that when we fall to say, I'm just going to go to confession, be reminded that God loves me, that God's with me, and just keep going? That's the invitation. Because Jesus didn't make us for idleness, for smallness. He came so that we might have life and have it to the full. He came so that his joy might be in us and our joy might be complete. That as we set out into the uncertainties of this year, we can be certain of who will be with us every step of the way.